Hello and welcome to There's No Place Like Summer Camp. I'm your host, Andrew Waterhouse, and in today's episode, we have something a little bit different as I promised in the last episode. It's an episode all about me, myself, and I. So, coming into our tent, and I'll spill the beans. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of There's No Place Like Summer Camp. We are here with the 60th episode of There's No Place Like Summer Camp and in the last episode I did say that I wanted to mix things up. I wanted to do something a little more different than my standard uh, BuzzFeed type of episodes as I like to call them. And when I say BuzzFeed type of episodes I mean those that are like maybe list based, maybe the top things to do while you're in America, the top things to do as a counsellor. They're very like blog-like material and I think that really does work with a podcast episode but occasionally I think I should mix it up with something different and the only thing that could come to mind in the week that I've had to ponder on this uh, has been I don't think I've done an episode about me and it feels a little uh, what's the word big-headed to do one all about me but I guess the podcast is kind of revolving around my experiences with Camp America, my experiences of camp counsellors, being a camp specialist, how did I get to going to a camp in the first place and I don't think there's been one episode that really addresses specifically my experience with, sorry my microphone is just doing all sorts uh, I don't think I've ever done an experience uh, an, I don't think I've ever done an episode specifically on me and I think a lot of the podcasts that I have done they obviously touch upon various aspects of um, my experiences with Camp America and volunteering with my summer camp but I don't think there's one episode that I could solely recommend to someone that's maybe new to the podcast or just wanting to know more about the author behind the microphone. Um, so I hope this one will kind of address that. As with every episode, we start with updates since the last podcast. And these used to be around the coronavirus updates. Um, Coronavirus-wise, I, you know, I think... If anyone has gone to Camp America this year, it's already over and done with now. Um, We're mid-August, mid to late August by the time this episode goes live. And um, yeah, I guess 2020 was the year that most summer camps were probably closed. But these updates today aren't to do with coronavirus. You'll be happy to know. Uh, We're moving on from that. Uh, So what's happened in my life since the previous episode and what's happened with the podcast and the book since the previous episode? So the first thing that I really need to mention is really exciting, actually. I happened to get an email from, of all people, Amazon, and they pretty much emailed me saying, uh, we see you have a podcast. Um, We're going to start doing uh, Amazon podcasts on Amazon Music soon. Uh, Would you like to sign up your podcast to Amazon? So I was like, hmm, this feels really dodgy. And that was my first initial reaction to the email. I was like, one, how do they get my email? Two, how do they know I'm doing a podcast? And three, why are you emailing me about it? And how did you know, you know, that I do a podcast? Why didn't you just add the podcast to your directory like any other platform would? But Amazon were uh, emailing out load of podcasters and I actually went on to Google to see whether this was a legitimate email. And Googling online, there was nothing around 
uh, Amazon doing podcasts. And I just so happened to be one of the few people who got the email and then only when I posted it to Reddit, some other people got back to me saying, oh yeah, I received a similar thing. They're going to start doing podcasts soon. And then lo and behold, later in the week, there were news articles around this story. And I don't think I'm really one to say that I broke this story, but it was a little bit strange that I went on to Google to search Amazon podcasts. And it was a bit um, surprising to think that they haven't had podcasts till like now um i don't know when the podcasting like arena for amazon podcasts are going to come live but it is coming to amazon music and it's coming to prime music as well um there's no exclusivity as far as i'm aware i read through all the terms and conditions but there's no place like summer camp will soon be available on amazon music too so it's a really cool uh, really cool thing i'm not sponsored by amazon there's no exclusivity there's nothing like that so you don't have to worry about anything changing it's just another way another way to listen to the podcast um, the only other updates I have really since the last week and uh, I'm only going to be doing these update type of things where I do have actual updates to share. Um, this one revolves around my actual setup at the office. I've always had this really tiny desk and I don't think I actually have had any photos of what the previous desk used to look like but it was absolutely tiny back when I used to uh, share a space uh, a house with other housemates and uh, it's not actually that long ago to be honest that I was using spare room I don't know if spare room translates to uh, the other countries that listen to this podcast I know in Germany we have one at least very avid listener um, but spare room is basically an app where you can go and house share with a load of strangers it means that your rent is cheaper and you just share facilities and you have your own bedroom to yourself and uh, while doing spare room and living like that for a good number of years actually uh, I, I bought myself a really small desk and that desk has come with me even to my new house where I'm uh, sharing now with my girlfriend and it's not so much of a spare room situation I have my own house which is really nice still renting though and that's uh, on the agenda for the next uh, big step up into the adulthood um, but yeah this desk was absolutely tiny it was only designed to fit into a really small room that was my own and uh really crappy chair as well and recently I've been on the lookout for a bigger desk now I've got a house and settled in and we've got all the furniture and I'm on my gaming pc all the time it's where I record my podcasts it's where I record uh, streams it's where I blog things it's where I just try and be creative get something out onto the internet and I also like to do a lot of gaming and I've been converted into a pc gamer since building my own pc Highly recommend doing that if you're interested. So I bought myself a new desk. I've got a new uh, setup right now. The microphone, the PC, everything like that is still the same. It's just a brand new desk. I've got a chair coming on Tuesday. Really excited for that. And it will just complete a really cool, slick uh, setup. So I might be posting a photo of that through the Instagram soon. If you're not following already, it's There's No Place Like Summer Camp. So let's start the episode all about me. Um... Ah, I really want to break out into some Book of Mormon. My favourite song from Book of Mormon, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend when coronavirus passes, book yourself some tickets to go see Book of Mormon. It won't really translate if you're trying to watch it online like uh, Hamilton on uh, Disney Plus or if, I don't know, Book of Mormon ever comes to Netflix. I wouldn't recommend watching it that way. 
But if you can go to the theatres and see Book of Mormon, highly recommend. There's a really good song in it called Mostly Me. But mostly me. I hope some, at least some of you are getting this reference. Anyway, let's move on to the episode about me. So who am I? Um, well, of course, I'm Andrew Waterhouse. And if you didn't know that already, um, I don't know where you've been, I guess. All of the episodes of There's No Place Like Summer Camp start off with me introducing the episode and, uh, you know, talking about There's No Place Like Summer Camp. Um, I am, I'm currently 27, soon to turn 28, which is fucking, I don't know, man. Ever since I turned 21, I absolutely, I don't know, hated the number of age. Because when I turned 21, I was like, oh God, I'm old now. Uh, I'm no longer going to be able to you know fit in with I don't know 18 year olds anymore I'm kind of doing my own thing I've got a car and I'm just you know doing my adulting thing now and I think ever since 21 I've definitely felt like an adult but since turning 27 man that was another step up because from 21 to 26 you can kind of like get away with say I used to work in a school as an IT technician and we'll get onto that soon uh, and I'd often be able to just like slip in. I could blend into the crowd of sick formers, so to speak. If I was dressed in similar clothing to them, I could maybe slip in as a, I don't know, 25-year-old. You can kind of get away with it. But when you're 27, that's the point, at least in my life, where I think, okay, you're an adult now. You're not. You're no longer someone that's doing a gap year. You're no longer someone that's trying to find their feet. You're you're, you should start to have like a grasp of where your career is going to head and how your life's going to le- lead and all that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I hated turning 27, but you know, it's inevitable for everyone. So I'm 27 years old, soon to turn 28, which is, oh, I don't know, man, it, the years just start to flow, f- fly by. And uh, if I could do anything, I really want to slow down and like really appreciate the years as they go by. So Hopefully try and do that in a personal sort of like goal of mine. Um, So I'm 27, soon to turn 28. What I do for a job, well, that's about to change. It was sort of touched upon in the last episode where uh, I have been working in IT support for a number of years. Uh, It all started because of Camp America, actually. So uh, I graduated from university with a first class honours in computer science and I after university I came to realize that I'd have some free time to myself and I thought holy shit this is a really good time to do Camp America. I flew out to do Camp America straight after my uni uh, finished and I got my results while actually at summer camp which is all in in the book of course that's to come and um, yeah I came back from that time and absolutely loved it. I couldn't wait to go back for a second summer and I just knew that I had to return for a second summer to experience it all again with the, the some of the best friends I've ever made uh, at summer camp. So I returned for a second summer but uh, I knew that I needed to have something to get me by from the time that I touched down in London to when I would have to fly back out to uh, JFK airport. So Basically, the predicament I found myself in was I need to get a job, but I need to be able to like travel as well. And that's where the IT uh, technician job came up 
uh, when I was working at the school because it would mean in summer times I'd be able to travel and then return back to my place of work. So it was really good. And uh, since then, really, uh, I only returned back to my summer camp the one time. So I've done two summers at summer camp and that was in 2014 and 2015, which feels quite long ago. But trust me, it's still very close to my heart. Um, so I did that in 20, I finished that in 2015 and I knew that, okay, I've kind of done Camp America now and, uh, I absolutely loved it. I didn't want to like tarnish it anymore because when you do it for one year, it's brilliant. It's the best year of your life. When you do it for the second year, you're always comparing it to the first year, at least in my shoes. So after I returned home and I knew that I wanted to start my career, uh, again, uh, I obviously came back to the job as an IT technician and then I made the move from uh, my place in North London to Manchester and while I was in Manchester I was looking for jobs where I'd have similar experience so I could just be snapped up and start uh, another job so I could have some money coming in because I moved to Manchester without a job which I wouldn't really recommend to anyone but it was an experience and uh, I'm glad I did it. It gave me a lot of independence and uh you know, living by yourself, it makes you a lot more independent and makes you stand on your own two feet. And I'm really thankful for that. Not a lot of people can do that nowadays or they struggle to. So yeah, uh, for the last few years while living up north, I've been uh, working in IT support and often I'd find myself stuck within a um, this is going on such a tangent here. This could be a long episode, heads up. Uh, so I would often find myself like stuck in a position where recruiters would only see me for my experience in the workplace, which is, of course is their job. You can't really blame them, but it would mean that I'm often pigeonholed into doing IT support only. So where I'd move, where I'd be dis- dissatisfied, dissatisfied at one job, I would uh, frequently be poached by other recruiters to go work in IT support in another. And it's not all the negative news because, you know, IT support, uh, I, I was climbing the ladder in that sort of industry. I went from like a first line technician to second line and getting loads of qualifications under my belt with every year that passed. But it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And um, the, the thing that I said in my interview when I was going for this new job was in IT support, if you have a really hard week or a hard project, all you're going to do is close a ticket. Um, but now I've been uh, hired as a web designer. It's uh, after a hard week's worth of work, you can look back and say, wow, look at this website I made. Isn't it cool? And uh, how it's like, you know, performing so much better than the previous website and just having something creative. I think I really enjoy doing creative things. So I think that's mostly about who I am. And the creative thing, uh, yeah, I, I'm touching upon that. I'm currently, of course, got There's No Place Like Summer Camp podcast. There's There's No Place Like Summer Camp book, which is soon to be released. If you want more information on that, I'd highly recommend the previous episode where we touch upon the editor situation and when its release should be. So how did I come to get to do Camp America and what experience do I have? that got me into Camp America? I think that's a really good question. And that was mostly to do with uh, how I finished university. I finished my computer science degree, first class, of course. And uh, I looked at my schedule and I was like, you know what? I actually have nothing planned after university finishes. What could I do with this time? And something that always cropped up in my mind was the idea of doing Camp America. And I'd heard 
many people speak about this in my life who had either done it or knew someone that had done it and they thought oh I wish if I was 20 years younger I would do that and there's plenty of people in my life that um, were saying these sort of things and I was like you know what I could realistically give this a shot and my uncle was one that was particularly influential on this decision because he'd done it himself and I always saw myself in him so to speak um, we're both very similar people in the family both into our IT and volunteering and doing that sort of thing so um, so that's how I heard around doing Camp America and the experience that got me into doing Camp America and got me through the interview was mostly volunteering work with scouts and cubs so when I was a kid, I um, went to a local scout uh, Cubs troop, sorry, uh, for a number of years. And for about two or three years, uh, I was really enjoying it, making loads of friends, having loads of camp outs and that sort of thing. And uh, then my dad got involved as a, uh, a leader of uh, the troop. And then quickly he became the Arcala. And if you don't know what Arcala is, that's pretty much the top dog position in the uh the troop so he'd be like the, the number one leader of our troop we'd go to him for uh arranging camp outs paying for camp outs uh he would arrange like programs and that sort of thing and um he really changed around how this uh cub troop was because before it was very like letter to the law so uh our cub troop was quite boring in some aspects so i'd really enjoy the uh i'd say i don't know uh, i'd enjoy some of the programs and then some of them would be quite religious potentially or uh having to do things like um i don't know there was loads of different things that it was just like it wasn't as fun before until my dad came along and he just went crazy with it and had some of my best memories are from being in a cub and scout troop where he would be the leader so to speak so um from from cubs uh, i can't remember the exact age that i moved up into scouts but i moved up in, into scouts and that boring leader as i mentioned earlier he actually was still the leader of the scouts at the time my dad was doing the cubs and uh, it was night and day difference between how fun cubs was and how boring the scouts was so i think after a month or two i quit the scouts and then came back to the cubs which was younger kids of course and I was like a young leader for a few years and uh, helping out on camp outs and uh, loads of events and jumble sales and Christmas days and loads of things that I was doing at this uh, scouts troop and cubs troop for a number of years. So I got all of my volunteering experience through there and I used this in my Camp America profile to help me get the position that I had. Um the position that I held at summer camp was outdoor living specialist. But um, just before we get onto the position that I held, I think we should go through the application stage because um, there's be plenty of people that may be listening to this podcast that have never done it and they want to know how the application was. Um, so from my personal experience, applying through Camp America it was really easy. And um, I remember when I was first applying for different programs, I was like, which one is actually best? Because I thought it was only Camp America that offer these services, but there are camp leaders and uh, a couple of other names. And I was like, you know what? Let's just do it officially. Let's do it with the proper brand. Let's do it with Camp America. Um, so I went through them um, just because I knew they, they were like a trusted name and they were like maybe the biggest in the UK offering uh, the volunteering experience abroad. 
Uh, it was quite scary doing the application, to be honest, because um, there's quite a number of points where they ask for money. And these are all like application fees and certification checks and uh, references. And I remember paying for that first. I don't remember the exact amount it was, but it was something like £150, which to a university student that only has a part-time job at Sainsbury's, uh, that's quite a lot of money. And uh, as soon as I paid that first payment, I was really excited because that meant, okay, I'm definitely going to do it now because I've paid this £150. I want to make sure that I go through with this. Uh, so the application itself was pretty cool. Uh, the standout things that I remember are uh, doing the interview uh, where I went into a Costa coffee shop in the middle of London and met up with a Camp America interviewer. We just had like a hot chocolate together and uh, she asked me a load of questions as she was writing down my answers and she thought, yeah, you're sound. This is exactly what we need. Uh, and that, she was happy to kind of like give me the thumbs up to go through to the next stages um so that was one thing i definitely remember i remember the uh doctor's uh letters that they needed so they, they need quite a lot of like evidence that you are who you say you are you've got no history of certain things your medical history is all sound because you know camp america offer uh insurance and protection and loads of loads of things so I remember I remember the doctor's note being particularly strange because uh, my local doctors had never had such a request where uh, I had to pay, I think it was something like £70 to get all of my records and be able to provide them to Camp America. And they found that particularly strange. So that was fun. And uh, I'd highly recommend doing all of these stages as quickly as you can so you don't have to stress about uh, coming out to a deadline because uh, that was another thing I definitely remember was um, as my uh, application was going through the stages and then it, my application profile was complete it goes into like a sort of database where all of the summer camps across the United States can take a look and take their pick from uh, those that uh, have volunteered for that year and the specialties that I put myself down for was uh, I wouldn't mind being a counsellor. Uh, I wouldn't mind being a spe specialist. Uh, I think I unticked the box for working at a dis disability camp just because I didn't have the experience and it wouldn't, I don't know, I, I don't think I'll be my best at a disability camp. Um, but I was happy to work everywhere else, like religious camps and that sort of thing. And I even did like a Camp America application video and... I might do a recording of that one day where um, we maybe react to my Camp America uh, application video because uh, even though it will just be the audio, even though it will just be an audio podcast, I think it will be funny enough to actually warrant its own episode. So maybe I'll do that for episode 69 or episode 100, something like that. We'll think, have a think about that. But uh, yeah, I recorded myself uh, doing a video and I remember getting my sister to help and it was really fun. Uh, I wanted to be like a football specialist and I wanted to be maybe an archery specialist. And I think the other thing that I put down, I think you could put down three. The other one was doing like camping and it was camping that uh, my camp, Camp Coleman, picked me up on. Uh, they really wanted me to volunteer with my Cubs and Scouts experience to lead their camping like specialty. And I didn't really know what it was really until I really got to camp. And I don't want to spoil too much because that's all in the book. Um, 
and uh yeah i didn't really know the ins and outs of the job but i was like camping yeah sign me up i'll, I'll do that so it was really cool and i remember doing like a skype interview and that was quite stressful and worrying because you have to treat it like a job and i'd highly recommend uh treating it so uh, i think after that there was a stressful period where there was like an orientation day in london you had to go down and you had to attend and uh it's basically full of like cringy presenters doing icebreakers and doing loads of songs and dances and i found it pretty cringy and i found a lot of camp cringy to too to be honest because there's a lot of icebreakers and that sort of thing but you know you're there for the kids at the end of the day and not everyone is going to be like happy jolly like uh cbb's presenters because that's how a lot of the camp america and summer camp things come across in my opinion it comes across as like cbb's presenters which Okay, I, I can deal with, but I, I can only deal with it for so long. You know what I mean? I'm a 20-something-year-old. Uh, when I volunteered to camp, if you're wondering, I think I was 21. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I was 21 at the time. And then for my second summer of doing camp, I was 22. Um, okay, what other questions? So the application so yeah i was talking about how stressful it is to do all of these stages and i remember particularly being held up upon the doctor's information and then there was the visa as well so you have to go into the u.s embassy in the middle of london it was back when it was in uh, grosvenor square i don't think it's there anymore but it's pretty much like it felt very much to me if you're worried it felt like going into a post office and literally just standing at the other side of the uh the cashier point with all your documents and you just hand over your passport you hand over blah, 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 all this in it, all this documents and uh having camp america outside the embassy was really helpful because they could double check what documents i had and what documents i was missing and i remember specifically when i was going to this uh embassy meeting that uh, I happened to miss one particular file and there's a there's a number of different things that I needed but they were able to point me in the right direction to a nearby cafe where um, they pretty much specialize in making the most of these uh, like tourists I'd say who uh, need all this documentation uh, printing off as soon as possible from the nearest possible point so there's like an internet cafe just around the corner and they charge i don't know I don't, I don't think it was too extortionate especially for london prices anyway um but they charge you to have a go on the computer and then print off something and it was fine but uh, i remember uh my specific camp was going to start very close to when i was actually having my visa appointment and it was very close to the point where i'd have to run and collect my uh approved visa and passport from a local office a visa approval office in brent cross um so i could go to summer camp on time and that was fun you can imagine uh, how i was reacting to that especially as a new driver hardly ever drove anywhere uh, unless it was to the local mcdonald's drive through i wasn't really going anywhere but here i was i had to drive over to brent cross in the middle of london through uh, all these really busy roads and uh, yeah didn't like that but I managed to get my visa and passport all approved um, because the delivery that I had selected would have taken too long for me to go and volunteer at my summer camp. So my summer camp was a uh, Jewish summer camp. I have no experience of working at a Jewish summer camp. I have no experience of even working at a religious summer camp I'd say. I have been to a couple of uh, camps in my life where 
if, if you ignore Camp America for a brief period, um, where I have uh, been to like a Christian summer camp. It's not really so much a summer camp. It was like a weekend because um, that was partnered with the scouts troop that I was working with. So I have a couple of experiences of going to those sorts of things. Um, I don't think I even mentioned those when I was in my interview, to be honest. They were so impressed by the amount of hours and the experience that I had in uh, working at my scouts and cubs that they didn't really need to ask about the religious side of things. But they did mention how I'd feel working in a Jewish summer camp and uh, all of their strange traditions and culture things that they do. Um, but they were really professional about it, especially on the Skype interview, because having someone from your camp actually face to face with you over the Internet, of course, um, you can ask all sorts of questions. They can give you the complete lowdown on everything. They know how you're going to be feeling in that sort of time. And I remember being asked how I felt about having uh, hamburgers only rather than cheeseburgers because you can't mix meat and dairy and how I'd feel about dressing up on it dressing up in white every Friday and these weren't enough to put me off to be honest and when I volunteered to do Camp America it was something that I wanted because it would push me out of my comfort zone it would get me to learn a new culture and uh, you know it expands your horizons in so many ways I've touched upon it in many episodes but here I am chatting shit in this uh, I don't know what I'm gonna call this episode an episode about me Um, so yeah so I wasn't put off by it being Jewish. I have no experience of it being Jewish, as I say. Um, uh, what else can I say about camp? I guess when I first arrived at camp, I didn't know anyone. Uh, my first summer, knew absolutely no one, absolutely zero. The only person that I happened to know, and she's called, um, what's she called? Sarah. In the book, she's called Sarah. So uh, if you do purchase my book, I'd highly uh, recommend. It's really fun. Um, she's the only person that I somewhat knew. And I'm using like uh, what they called speech marks in my fingers right now. Because when I went to this orientation day in London, while they were doing all their cringy like CBBS type presenter thing, um, she was one person that I bumped into who had on her name tag the same camp as me. And that was really fucking rare. I'm telling you, there's so many people at this uh, orientation day. I would say upwards of 2,000, okay? And all of them, not one, had, like, the same camp. No one at this orientation day knew each other. Um, and I didn't see anyone else at this orientation day see other people that were going to the same camp as them besides me and that was really weird so these orientation days they're only for people that are going to summer camp for the first time so you're obviously not going to have returning staff going to these orientation days and the chance that i managed to bump into someone that had the same camp as me was nuts so she was the only person i somewhat knew again in uh, in quote marks here um, she was the only person that I had bumped into before going to summer camp and she was very uh, she turned out to be one of the best friends I made especially in the first summer of doing summer camp because um, we had a very special bond and I don't want to spoil too much because it's all explained in the book um, and uh, yeah she was the one person that I kind of knew and uh, we 
caught the same flights together and we arrived to camp at the same time and yeah it was crazy but that first day I remember vividly I won't go beyond the first day because I think the rest of this is uh, probably something that's going to be a lot better explained in a book rather than a 60 minute fucking like podcast episode as much as I know that people love long episodes um, the first day of traveling man it knocks the shit out of you because you've been looking forward to doing summer camp for so long you've had the at least in my my experience I didn't have that long to prepare because like I say I was really close to a lot of deadlines um, but what I would say is I forgot what I'm saying now yeah so my first day of camp um, I, it was knocked out of me because you're so excited to go to summer camp even if it is a couple of weeks notice like I had it wasn't I don't think it was anything greater than two months sort of notice. Um, you're packing your suitcase, you're buying new things, you're getting your currency converted, you're making sure your cards work, you're making sure your phone works, you're taking uh, plug, ex- plug adapters and you're trying to find people going to the same camp as you. All these sorts of things, it really does take it out of you because the night before you're going to summer camp, you can hardly sleep, let's face it. But um i remember when getting off the plane with uh sarah um it was a bit nuts because suddenly we were dropped into another culture we were surrounded by people that weren't speaking our language we were surrounded by people that were american we were surrounded by uh, people that had come back to this summer camp year after year after year and suddenly we were the new people and it felt like we were the foreigners and that was the first time that i've ever felt like holy shit, I'm in the minority here because I was so used to my comfort bubble of being in North London that it felt like, you know, this is how the rest of the world is. Like, this, this is, I'm just doing, I'm just the normal guy here. I'm, I'm, I was always the person that was the normal guy, the guy that was in the minor, uh, the majority all of the time, whether that be at school, whether that be at university, anything like that. I always felt like I was in the majority. But at summer camp is completely different. You're on your own. And especially when you don't know anyone. I say that I knew Sarah. But uh, really, all I had done is bump into her once. And uh, I, I wouldn't say that was enough to get the friendship that we had. But it's definitely a good starting point. Um, so I knew no one when I went to summer camp. And uh, when we came through those summer camp doors, man, I still remember it like it was yesterday man it's really cool it's a really cool memory when you've been driving for uh, i don't know upwards of three hours to get to your summer camp and finally to turn the corner and into a big plaque that says welcome to camp coleman um it was insane really good really good feeling and all the jet lag kind of disappeared in that moment and i remember it was like late at night and uh, the driver from camp was driving us all around camp, dropping off the girls here, dropping off the guys there. And um, rather than give in to the jet lag of, I think it was about, uh, in, in all, I think it was about a 12-hour flight. So the flight, the, um, the drive, the wake up, it was a ridiculous amount of time. It might even be like 16 hours. It was something stupid. But the la- the first thing I wanted to do was go to bed. But I knew that how awkward would it be in the morning to wake up surrounded by people that you don't know, you haven't introduced yourself to. I knew that it would be a lot better to have some balls 
act like someone that isn't an introvert and go into the staff room where I saw earlier was full of people, of course, that I didn't know. So I think that pretty much sets up what would be an experience like no other. And that first day of doing summer camp was by far the most important. And I'd highly recommend doing a similar thing if uh, you find yourself in the similar shoes to mine. So I think that pretty much answers all of the quick Q&A sort of questions around me and... Um, I don't know why I chose a Jewish summer camp and, you know, it was the first one that applied to me and it was, you know, the first one that I said yes to and I enjoyed the idea of learning a new culture and uh, being in Atlanta was a big one because that was where The Walking Dead was filmed and I was a massive fan of that. Not so much nowadays because it's kind of tailed off, but I highly recommend the first, say, five seasons. So I think that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode. I've really enjoyed just chatting shit, you know. I know I always say this at the end of every ugh, end of every episode. But I do just love chatting about camp. And I don't love chatting about it in a way that's like a CBBS presenter would. I don't know the specific terminology than using CBBS presenter. But like a child TV presenter, there's like a cringiness to it and there's rose-tinted glasses feel to it I like to be realistic and I like to just talk my own opinions and you know it's not affiliated with Camp America it's not got any sponsors all I'm doing is trying to promote a book guys and I highly hope that the book does well because it's literally the diary that I kept while at summer camp if you don't know it's the uh, diary that I kept every night Every night I would go to sleep and my roommates would see me typing away on my phone in my diary and they would often say, what are you doing staying up till like one, two, three o'clock in the morning? And I'd be like, well, I'm just writing up what happened in the day. And they're like, oh, really? What's going on? What, 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 how do you write these things? And I was like, well, I'll just literally say what happened during the day and highlights and things to remember. And it would literally be essays upon essays of, I don't know, words I guess and it's come to a point where for the last five years or so I've been working on it tirelessly to try and make it into a comprehensive entertaining insightful book of what it's like to work at uh, summer camp what's it what it's like to volunteer as an international member of staff because I think so many people are missing out on what could be the best moment of their lives and uh, if I get at least one person to pull the finger out of their ass and give it a shot man I've done my job so um yeah the book uh really excited for that it's still looking like a September release uh, I shall obviously keep you updated um I think that's pretty much everything I have to say in this episode I think um I guess one other question that someone could ask seeing as this is going to be like a questions sort of about me sort of and about the book I know there's going to be like a load of questions around the book is what does the book actually cover so the book actually covers the very first moment that I woke up before having to go to the flight from Heathrow over to summer camp it covers all of that travel covers all the jet lag that we touched upon earlier it covers a whole uh, section of the book with the staff week where I'm trying to find my feet, I'm trying to find friends, I'm trying to 
learn the ways of camp and then it covers the kids coming in for that first session of kids where they they're there for a month and all the shenanigans in between then there's the intercession the two days break in between our two months of camp where we can travel atlanta and stuff and that was really cool then there's the second session seeing seeing how that compares to the first and you know we're in the swing of things then we kind of know what we're doing by this point and then um after camp as well which i don't think many books on this sort of subject really address it has the whole experience from waking up on that very first day at 5 a.m excited off my tits that i'm going to fucking in america to uh surprising my mum on her 50th birthday um after coming home from summer camp having so many stories to share and i really hope the book does it justice so yeah it's currently with my editor more updates will be provided as and when i get them Whew, that was a long episode i have i do enjoy chatting about camp like i say so i hope it comes across uh, in the next episode, we're going to be taking a look at the tips for a 16-year-old wanting to, do, wanting to do Camp America. I know that there'll be plenty of people that maybe listen to these podcasts and think, oh, I haven't got really anything that I could put down as experience. And um, where, if I want to do Camp America when I'm, I don't know, 18, 21, what shall I do now in preparation for uh, getting over there and having like the time of my life because a lot of people that I speak to think that you have to be in somewhat of a privileged position to be able to do Camp America and uh, you have to have all these I don't know hand-me-downs and you have to be an upper class or middle class this it's not the case as long as you put the homework in anyone can do Camp America it's affordable it's the best experience of your life and it's a real good way to uh grow yourself i would say so in the next episode we'll be touching upon that we are clocking in at just over 40 minutes i've really enjoyed this one i hope you do too if you do enjoy this uh please uh rate and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice uh, you can also check out there's no place like summercamp.com if you want to check out the book and maybe pre-order it it'd be really cool i'll try and do some like signed copies perhaps if uh, you, you you order through there and uh yeah man it's been good i've enjoyed this podcast i shall see you next tuesday bye